Considered that perhaps. Now I'm not gonna think of the name of that stupid character. Paul Blart. The Dark Arts. The the. You're gonna have to huh. give me more. What is the big bad in Swan Princess? Oh fuck me. <laughs> Rasmus? No, not no, not the human big bad. Dude, Rasmus was already like so much. No, 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 no. And you're thinking of Rothbard? No, not him. What are you? This is asking? a dumb reference I'm trying to get out. Okay. Okay. We, well, we got. We're already in the middle of workshopping it, so we have to figure it out now. So I suppose I could look it up. It's it's voiced by the same voice who did number nine. Wait. Hold the fuck up. Which movie is this from? Four, five. Movie five. Oh my god. Okay. Now the question is, which one is movie five? David Lodge, that's the name of the, the guy. Maybe I can find it this way. This is such a pull. <laughs> this is so unnecessary. Why, why have I done this? Oh, here we go. Jesus. My IMDb skills were lacking today. All right. <laughs> the Forbidden Arts. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you think it's a situation where the forbidden arts has killed Max's original father? Oh my God. So Max it, is a vessel for the forbidden arts now. It, well, it couldn't actually hit Goofy, right? Like it goes toward Goofy, it bounces off because he's too pure. And then it he's explodes a random house and Goofy goes, and that guy dies in his arms. He's like, I'll take care of your son. Yuck. <laughs> He'll be my son now. Welcome to Direct to Video. VHS? VHS? A podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. And we have quite quite a a good and interesting vintage today, uh-huh, to say the uh-huh, least. Uh-huh. This is one of the many movies we have watched that comes in some ways prepared because it's a series of shorts. Now, I want to yeah. run something by you, Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the idea of building a gallows that we can use to execute the next person that suggests a series of shorts? i apologize i didn't know it was an anthology film (laughs) but i think i think with the advent calendar of disney plus like we we are we no longer have the issue of like a movie that is actually just three episodes of a tv show I really entertained myself with that interruption. Man, I enjoyed that. That was very dumb. <laughs> I I wanted to like this, you know? I like parts of it. I liked a solid half of it. Okay. Maybe two-thirds. I liked one to two-thirds, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're on the same page here. Have we said the name of the movie yet? No, we haven't, um, because this week... <laughs> This week, as if we do this every week, this month. This Christmas. This I mean, we're Christmas. releasing another one this month. Do you do you hear that in the distance? It's the sleigh bells of Christmas. It's the yep.
<laughs> the music for this episode was probably different. It was probably ukulele for Christmas. Got all yeah. cozy about it. <laughs> Very intimate Christmas. We watched Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas of 1999 fame. And I have to ask, did you ever watch this movie as a kid? So, <sighs> Jamie said she recognized it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I watched it as a kid, but I definitely watched a Mickey Christmas movie. It might have been Twice Upon Christmas. It might have been that it was this one, but it was like at school or something. Mm-hmm. Because I went to a Catholic school, so they showed us like capital C Christmas movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> possibly, I didn't remember any of it. Yeah, I I was I was convinced that I had seen this before. But at the end of it, I was like, okay, no, I have never seen this. I have, I have no, this is not in my, in my memory, in my collective memory at all. And it starts off pretty weak. It starts off pretty, pretty fucking bad. So there's something I want to mention at the top. So we, we have this narration. We have apparently we Kelsey Grammer narrating yes, for us. Frazier himself. Yeah, doing a rhyming poem in the style of was the night before christmas yes it's it's not great but they have to do something to tie these things together this is my my biggest hang-up of the movie because mm -hmm. like right off the bat the animation is not great the animation really fluctuates in this movie and i remember when i turned it on on disney plus it shows you like the just a screenshot of the movie and the animation looks so terrible but that's because it's animation from the very end of the movie yeah which was i don't know probably disney australia or disney japan or somebody just like shitting out an end to this movie mm -hmm. but i'm convinced that these were three shorts made for other things are we in the house of mouse era of disney i think so because I, I it feels like it was animated by those people those the people. thing that <laughs> those people <laughs> whoa what do you mean those people <laughs> so what distracted me though is i would swear that the music that they're playing is the winnie the pooh music that shifts into joy to the world. And it was, I just, it, it wasn't bad. I was just like very distracted. I was like, I guess Winnie the Pooh could sound kind of Christmassy if you play it like this. And then it turns into joy to the world. That's like, what's happening? It's possible that, because they, they had to have done like a, a, a Winnie the Pooh Christmas thing. Oh, so maybe they even just pulled the music from that. Could yeah, be. yeah. Because Disney Disney does that shit all the time, you know, like mm -hmm. where they'll just they'll just recycle and reuse stuff. If especially for especially for something like this, you know, like this this is this is very clearly low effort. I don't think this is a cash grab because I cannot imagine anybody giving a shit about Mickey Mouse even in nineteen ninety nine. But it's 1999. This is peak era of, like, VHS releases, right? They they release this. It costs them no money to release. And then they make, like, seven bucks on each movie. That's gotta be a cash grab, even if it's not a ton. Here's, here's what I'll say, right? Which is that there is no financial information on this movie. That's not surprising. Which tells me that I feel like this is probably just made at a loss, right? Like, like the idea of, of, of making something like this is 
will release this movie and every Christmas Walmart can roll out their giant warehouse of VHSs of Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas for like the next four years, right? As like until a, they get a, until they get around to Twice Upon a Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And and by that point, this movie would have like paid itself off because I can't imagine <laughs> this movie was terribly expensive. I don't know if there's a good phrase to describe the feeling I got when I realized, oh, the first short's going to be Donald Duck. Donald Duck might be my favorite of the like of mm-hmm. the the three. The the trilogy, the Trinity, Re- really <laughs> of the of the three amigos, the Holy Trinity <laughs> um, of uh, Disney. I mean, Donald in, is I your mean, favorite. In this in this movie, it was goofy, like a hundred percent. He was so great in this movie, really, particularly really. compared to the other two. Oh my god, I I am goofy is my favorite of the of the Holy Trinity. I I I'm a big I'm a big goof head. The, I'm the yuckster himself. We're just doing a lot of sacrilege this Christmas season. Huh? It's, it's it's tis the season, man. But I think uh, Mickey really won the day for me on this one. Interesting. Which is wild because he is the most nothing of them. Yeah, generally that's that's his issue. Mickey is too much of an everyman. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just I was like, oh yes, the first short's Donald Duck, and then I read the like name of the short i can't remember the name of the short but it's very clear that it is it's going to be christmas every day stuck on christmas and i was like oh no <laughs> like i immediately went all the way back down because i don't think cuz everybody's done this i don't like i don't like groundhog day the movie this might come groundhog as a surprise day, the to movie everybody is great I was surprised that they did Groundhog Day in this. I did not think that that, because I am more used to the Elmo Christmas movie or the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess, Fairly Odd Parents is the other one. There's my other touchstone here. Where wow. Every, every day is a new day, but it's still Christmas. Oh, but, I see. But in this one, they just relive the same day every day and that would get not only old and exhausting it would get miserable within like three days we go full nightmare mode but it takes them like a solid month to even (laughs) stop being normal assholes there (laughs) this is the big problem you have touched on the big problem which is that this is a this is not a donald duck short this is a huey dewey and louie short and Hugh and Julie Louie are hard to get right. Also, the, I'm so used to the new um, DuckTales, Huey, Dewey, and Louie now that the fact that they all just talk like Donald Duck, but with like a like a filter thrown on, I was like so fucking thrown. It's distracting. Also, they have terrifying eyes. These miserable little monsters, these have to be the worst children. They suck. They're such... They're, do, you know, do you know who they're like? And I'm thinking of this because I just watched the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio. But it made me think of Disney's version of Pinocchio, where Pinocchio is just a little shit and has to learn over and over not to yeah. be a little shit. Because that's that's the way of the story. And it sucks. It takes the nephew so long to even think that maybe they should make it so that Donald doesn't drop all of breakfast on the floor every fucking day. Like... <laughs> I got so mad about it. I was like, why do they suck this bad? Like, obviously, they're supposed to learn a lesson, but why are they starting so low? 
I, I think the the problem with the movie is that there's no buildup, right? They start off ruining, like ruining Christmas, <laughs> right? Like they don't they don't read the card. They like they just at every point and turn are just being obnoxious little shits, and like we have to build up to that. Right. The fact that we start there and then they d- and then when they escalate, they escalate to such a degree. They literally like, destroy the house. It's so unnecessary. So yeah, they come downstairs as Christmas. They open up all their presents. Donald gets mad at them and drops all the breakfast. There's a bit where Daisy comes in and is just hanging out in front of the open door. And I got also weirdly mad at Daisy. I, there's like mistletoe she wants to kiss under, but close the fucking door, Daisy. <laughs> You're letting the heat out. It's cold. It's Christmas. <laughs> I was, I don't know. I, I was weirded out by the fact that Daisy does not live with Donald, apparently. <laughs> this is... Donald has like a bachelor pad with three kids, and the distra- Daisy's distracting in this movie because it's like th- she came over to cook Christmas dinner, so they're fucking close, right? Like they are family level close. The sleds, <laughs> the sleds were a joint gift from Donald right. and Daisy, and Daisy. They call her Aunt Daisy at one point. And so he's like, Uncle Donald. They're close, but she she doesn't live there. She lives in the city. Yeah, I guess. My 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 take I've seen a lot of romantic comedies, right? And like my takeaway from all of this is she likes Donald, but the she she she's waiting for these three kids to get the fuck out. <laughs> well, the thing is and this is different in the in the new DuckTales, but in the in the current in the Disney canon as it is in 1999, why does Donald live with his nephews? Uh, it's it's super unclear. Where is his sister? Where is their father? Uh, it's not super important. Dead. It was again. It was just like a distraction. Maybe, maybe, maybe she's They're still dead. stranded on the moon. So. So Daisy, Uncle Scrooge, and fucking unnamed joke aunt come over. I uh, have <laughs> never in my entire life seen this character. Who is this character? I have been reading in my spare time a little bit of the old Donald Duck comics. Okay, yeah, and as we do. She's not in them. <laughs> God damn, really? Like there are like there are like tertiary characters that you'd never heard of in these old Donald Duck comics. They like go hang out with Grandma Duck, you know, and it's like I kind of expect her to be one of those, but there's I've seen the 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 Donald Duck family tree, right? From uh that shows how the McDucks uh-huh. became the Ducks and how Donald is related to Scrooge. I've seen that family tree. I've uh-huh. never seen this character before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who this is supposed to be. Her only thing is that she gives wet kisses. That's the joke. And wet to the point that the fact that the nephews go outside afterwards means they should all die of hypothermia. I can never remember these fuckers' names. Huey, Dewey, and Louie? No, no, no. The oh, chipmunks. Okay. Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale. Thank you. I thought them being included as like the alarm clock was cute whenever chip and dale show up i'm i was not a fan of the rescue rangers i get very bristled by them so were you exactly as concerned as i was when chip and dale first show up and you're like oh shit it's actually about chip and dale because this gonna be a fucking chip and dale short 
I do not like Chip and Dale. Yeah, I don't know. They rubbed me the wrong way. No, same. I was I was not excited about it until I realized that they were the the annoying alarm clock equivalent. And I was like, that's fair, actually. That's a good choice. Yeah. They're the radio show always doing the same show in the morning. That's from Groundhog Day. Yeah. I say out loud in case you have actually forgotten what happens in Groundhog Day. So they're doing Groundhog Day. They wish for it to be Christmas every day. The freaking idiots. This is this is the height of like monkey's paw wish making. Like you cannot do this. You got to be specific. It's not even a good wish is the thing. Any critical thinking at all would make you realize this is a worthless wish. Then they wake up the next day. I was gonna say they could wish for their parents. <laughs> like they wasted it. If I was them, I'd be pissed, right? Because you, you, you do this as a child, full on with the expectation that it's not gonna happen. I and would then be it furious. It's like, did we waste our Christmas wish on the worst Christmas wish? Fuck. Literally, Elmo learned not to do this, and he's Elmo. Then they wake up the next day, and they're scared. Like, they treat this like it's a horror movie, which is, it was a fun vibe, but I was confused. That That's the thing is, is that it, the, the framing of this in the short is truly nightmarish, right? Like, yeah. this is a, there is no fun to be had here. This is just misery. So yeah, they, they speed run the day. We get like a, a pretty intense montage. Okay, how many pages, I didn't stop and count, how many pages would you say fly by the camera in this montage where they are literally doing the same thing every day, by which I mean opening up their presents and playing with them, going outside with their sleds, coming back in and being real obnoxious at the table, and then ignoring the family while the family sings literally the worst Christmas carols. How much time do you think is passed? Double digits, right? We are looking at at least 25 max 50. Okay, see, that's what I thought. But that's so much time. It takes them so long to get tired of doing the same thing every day and being literally the worst about it. And I know we've talked about this before. I'm not sure if we've talked about this on a podcast, right? But like day three, <laughs> I'm I'm breaking the script, right? I'm I'm pushing this as far as it can go. I mean, in Groundhog Day, I believe day two, he was like, I'm not fucking dealing with this. I'm not doing this day again. Like, yeah, I I just I just don't. Part of the problem is, is like, I don't really care for this premise unless the character going through it is like an interesting person. I don't give a shit about Huey, Dewey and Louie. I want them to die. <laughs> They they suck. They really suck. And what really, what, what honestly made it stand out for me was the next short has Max in it, which I did not expect. But I had me neither. Nineteen ninety nine. So it's like we're right in the middle of like the the um what was his TV show? Goof Troop. Troop. And he was great. I really enjoyed how selfish Max was in that movie. In that short, because he is selfish in the way that a kid is selfish. So, and, and comparing it to these little fucking shits. And also, Uncle Scrooge doesn't do fucking anything in this short. And he's like one of the most interesting Disney characters. For him to just be like, no, I want to sing my carols. Like, what on are you my, doing, on, on Scrooge? On my piano. No, it is very Scrooge to, like, have a piano delivered to Donald's house so that he can use it. That's funny. 
but they don't examine this at all. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I do love the idea of Uncle Scrooge having any anywhere he could possibly celebrate Christmas has a piano. As a piano. In case, in case that's where he's going to be this year. They're tired of the same day over and over after, we gotta say, like a month. Like at least a month. At least uh, a month. So they're like, well, we better make it not the same day. So then they do this Christmas even shittier. Uh, this they, should have been called Donald Duck Shittier Christmas. They attack Donald with their toys. Then... They steal the Christmas turkey and replace it with a live turkey. I actually think that's it. The live turkey getting out makes Donald chase it. Donald is the only breath of fresh air in this whole short. Every time he is doing anything or reacting to something, he's a lot of fun. But the fact that it's not about him... It's bananas. It's not about Donald Duck at all. So he chases this turkey and in the chase destroys the entire house destroys the piano it culminates in the tree falling down on him and then the their fucking great aunt or whoever is so um, is so like obnoxiously distressed about it that i yelled at the screen who even are you <laughs> you're not even related to these people then the nephews realize they did a bad thing <laughs> and they finally finally they finally read the christmas card yeah, the worst thing about this short is that you can see all the quote-unquote twists coming from a million miles away. You're like, yeah, it's gonna read the Christmas card, and it's gonna say, like, I fucking love you. You know? Like, yeah, no shit. No shit. It turns out Christmas is about love. Well, don't spoil the last line of the movie, Tony. <laughs> So they go back to bed, and then they have the wildest plan, I mm -hmm, think, mm -hmm. that I have ever heard of, which is they wake up early, which I didn't, I don't, I don't think is allowed on the rules. Yeah, no, no, you can't wake up early. You wake up at the same time. You're standing in front of the mirror in the bathroom. You wake up to the same bad jokes on the radio. Third thing, whatever happens in Happy Death Day, there's a yeah. cake, I bet. <laughs> It's Tuesday, supernatural. Oh, or, or in the in the adventure zone, they wake up at the entrance of the town that explodes every hour. I got one. I got a third. Yeah. One. <laughs> anyway, the point is, you're stuck at the same timeline. Yeah, you can't you can't decide to to start before go, but they do. This is a badly written short, anyway. No. And they break open their sleds and dismantle them to make uh -huh. Donald a secret gift, which we'll get to. <laughs> they make Donald breakfast. Jamie pointed out that Donald's breakfast looked a lot better than theirs. Like, theirs is clearly a breakfast made by children. By kids. It's a good touch, but also, like, again, at this point, it's not winning them points. Why don't they just help him make breakfast? Why oh, does everything know, right? need to be a surprise? And then they don't open their presents, which isn't fucking much of a gesture because they don't care about those presents anymore. They've exhausted their fun with them over the course of 30 days. Or fucking 30 years, who knows? They willingly kiss their aunt, who nobody knows who she is. Yeah, they willingly kiss this stranger who's been walking into their house every Christmas. <laughs> Maybe what they were really supposed to do was stop her. They help Daisy with Christmas dinner, and also, some, for some reason, this time she made ham. All right, 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 here. How? How? Oh, they carry they they carry it. 
No. May no, help her carry no, 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 it. No, 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 no. How is there a ham? Oh, how is there a ham? I don't know. Where, where did it come from? You they, can't just create a ham whole cloth. It's, and they never, they clearly never leave the house this day. Like, that's the point, because they're not going out and sledding. So, like, where is the ham? I, I think, the, I think this was just, like, cut from the script. But it was, it was a signal <laughs> to me, the viewer, that this was almost over. But that's the thing. At the end of Groundhog Day, the radio station is playing the same song, but, like, it's playing a different part. Because they're just, like, playing the same song they played yesterday. And he's like, wait, that's different. And that's how he knows. And that's how he knows. So that's how we knew. But the nephews did not care that it was a ham. They should have been like, holy shit, it's a ham. (laughs) I I did like that the turkey got in on eating the ham. That was a good bit. A a little bit of respite from this nightmare. The ham was distracting. So then they join in on the Christmas caroling. And I got to say, caroling at home to no one is weird, right? I mean, like, isn't the point that you're going around and bothering people at their house? So that is part of it. But I feel like there is like an old timey idea. And Scrooge is maybe at the right age to I still like this old timey idea. I believe at this point he is still con- he still canonically made his money from the gold rush. But there is this idea of like, of like playing music on the piano and like this is what you're doing in the evening, just singing some songs together because they don't have TV now. I always liked you know the Charles Dickens ghost story idea better if you if you're stuck with your family like. Or they could play a game. We always played games when I was a kid. They don't play any games. Yeah, that's that's my go to is like, you know what? I fucking hate Monopoly. But if we're going to be here for another four hours, you know how long Monopoly is? That's we're going to burn four hours on Monopoly unless we just played a first loss. Then we're okay. (laughs) But yeah, like, you know, I mean, these days, you know, we have access to much better board games. So uh, I hope that Uh I never have to play Monopoly again. And that's it. They're free. Sorry, I do need to mention something. Chip and Dale clear out all their Christmas stuff on the 26th. Yeah, they just throw it So this is how you know that Chip and Dale are criminals. (laughs) Because literally, who do you know that does this? Oh, those those two. Yeah, I mean, they stole that stuff. Come on. Yeah, and then, oh, and they made the thing that they made for for Uncle Donald was a boat made from their sled. So I guess it's more like a sleigh in the shape a, of a boat? Yes, yeah, that's what I would say. It's a boat sleigh. And the next day they push him up a hill to go down it, and I'm, I'm fucking done. <laughs> yeah, and roll credits, whatever. There's like one last little slapstick. We're done. Blah, 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 blah. Moral, moral. Now we get to... This is the good the shit. The goofy episode, which... I honestly did not take notes on for maybe the first third because I was watching it. <laughs> Seeing Child Max threw me for a loop. I was like, oh, man. You for- you forget that he's a kid. In and not a gross what, teen. What for a long time was like the most popular version of him. <laughs> and they only aged him up for the movies. 
Because my first note is how Goofy killed somebody Phantom of the Opera style, but that's not till later in the show. Yeah, 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 that's a while in. <laughs> okay, so Goofy is writing a letter to Santa, and Max is like, we gotta, we gotta get to the mailman. Mailman passes by. I literally thought this whole short was just gonna be this nice little short where they chase take- down the mailman. Chase down the mailman. I thought it was all gonna be goofs, you know? I thought it was gonna be all slapstick. This short goes way harder than that. This, th- there was a moment where I was like, oh yeah, and then they're gonna catch up to the mailman and and we're done. And then we weren't done. And then at that point, I I couldn't predict what was hap- what was going to happen next. Every twist in this short, I was like, not ready for. My second note in this short is, why is this short still on? <laughs> Like, I was literally, like, shocked and confused. So, they get on Max's bike. Goofy's, like, finishing up the letter on the back while Max is tearing after the mailman. He takes a shortcut through the mall. Burning rubber. (laughs) Goofy gets disconnected and has to, like, catch up. There is a bit where he kills a guy Phantom of the Opera style. He drops a whole giant ornament on him. There was a, sh- a store called Lumberjack Lingerie. I thought that was a really fun joke. It was, I was distracted by that. I was like, what do these things have to do with each other? There's also another store called CEO Toys, and I was distracted by that too. I'm pretty sure CEO Toys is where he works in the Extremely Goofy movie for the factory. That's a fun <laughs> connective tissue if that's true. But that's a weird connective tissue because that's gotta be coming out like 10 years after this, right? No, it's only like a couple of years. There's like antics. It's like slapstick antics. It's good. And then Goofy shoots out of the mall and smashes into the mail carrier's truck and gives him the letter. (laughs) Pretty good. And then I thought we were done. I really did. I thought that was it. It turns out that this extended classic Disney short that we just watched was the prologue. (laughs) <laughs> to a much, a much more asinine, but still pretty fun story. I th- really enjoyed, I thought this movie had a, genuinely a lot of heart in it. Particularly Same. after the other short that had no heart in it. That was like, uh, just the bare minimum they could do to get this dumbass message across. This one, Goofy the character, has so much innocence, and he is trying to make sure that Max has all this innocence. And mm-hmm. and it just, it it makes you realize Goofy's like the nicest guy and maybe yeah. of, maybe any Disney character, full stop, the most qualified to be a father. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, he, the, the Goofy chose to be a father. Max is his son, right? Yeah, like, I mean, Goofy had to get into the cloning tube or whatever. Uh, <laughs> We we know we know from the Goofy movie that Max is is genetically a goof. Yes. So poverty exists in Goofy world. Okay, so I, I want to mention something first. What the hell is wrong with Pete? I don't mean as a person. He's a bad person. I mean, is he sick? He's like gray in this movie, and I I don't I, know why. He's not nearly as washed out in the next one. Yeah, so that's what was really distracting about it, is I was like, huh, Pete looks ill. And then the next one, he looks fine. <laughs> Maybe family life doesn't work for Pete. Uh, yeah, his, his, uh, if, he's not, if he's not engaging in, like, full-speed capitalism, he's just, he's just sick. 
<laughs> I, I have to say, Jim Cummings not doing his best in this one. I don't know. He he sounds better in the next one, too. Maybe it's because Jim Cummings is doing like a lot of work in this movie, but it, this reading just didn't feel good to me. It's, it's a real interesting take on Pete, too, because he tells Max that Santa Claus isn't real, but the way he's telling him feels like it's he's like trying to let him down easy. He's like, like he doesn't want Max to like go his whole life thinking this. And then when Goofy comes back out, he's like, Merry Christmas! And I'm like, what's my read on you, Pete? What am I supposed to think about this situation? <laughs> Even Pete, you know, I mean, I don't know. Max is best friends with his son, right? Like, I think he's it's got a little bit of a soft spot for the kid. Mac- Pete doesn't have a soft spot for his son. <laughs> Yeah, but Max is so much cooler than his son. That is true. He is maybe it's a it's a classic cooler. case of parent wishing that other kid was their kid or that their kid was like this other kid. And then Goofy and Max have a fun conversation where Goofy mugs the fucking camera when he realizes Pete told Max Santa Claus isn't real. I do love that. <laughs> Just like mm, he would do. Th- mm-hmm. That sounds like Pete. This is a genuinely like. Hard, not hard question. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever thought Santa was real. Yeah. To me, Santa Claus was just this like, you know, this is a bit that we're all doing. <laughs> you know, in the week leading up to Christmas where we all that's just why, That's why you like, that's why you like bits so much. They make you feel nostalgic for Santa. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I don't think there was ever a time in my life even in my youngest days, where I thought Santa Claus was real. Okay, I thought Santa Claus was real. Uh, All right, cool. How did you... To answer what I assume your question is going to be, I have five older sisters. Mm -hmm. One day, somebody asked me the question, oh, you don't still believe in Santa Claus anymore, do you? And I said, no. And And from then on, I didn't. And that was it. <laughs> but there was a fucking moment there where I was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh. That's very that's very interesting. So it wasn't a deal. It wasn't a big deal for you then. It was just, you know. So the other thing that my parents did, and I just assumed mm-hmm. that everybody did this until I realized like years later that they didn't. For for my parents, we would each child would get three gifts. Okay. Yeah. There were a lot of children, so I figured they went fully bankrupt every Christmas. <laughs> the gifts under the tree would be from mom and dad. And also, each child will get stocking stuffers. You know, most of it candy. I got some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, that kind of thing. Yeah. Toothbrushes. Those were from Santa. Toothbrushes. You always get toothbrushes in your stocking because you need toothbrushes. Like, you need a toothbrush like once every year. You need to replace it. That's fair. That's a good time to do it, I guess. Uh, it means that they don't have to do it during dentist appointments or whatever. So the, the other thing that this meant was that we had, you were allowed to open the stockings before Christmas proper. And I mean, if you woke up early, you could open the stockings. You were not allowed to open up the presents. That's not cool. So that, you know, cut down on at least the idea of arguing to open a present early or something. Because it's like, you got, you got your stocking. It's full yeah. of stuff. You got candy, maybe an orange or whatever. Like I said, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, stickers. Big deal. That like that is the day you get the new stock. 
Right. The reason it wasn't as big a deal was besides that and, like, I think a DVD player that was officially from Santa Claus for everybody, we didn't really, like, do Santa Claus super hard in the house. Yeah, I mean, same. That I, I like, never got gifts from Santa. So, like, every once... Every 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 other year, right? It'd be like, oh, this one's from Santa. Well, I guess you're only an okay kid. I was, to be fair, I was a pretty shitty kid. So every year that I didn't get coal, I was like, oh, thank God. Perfectly mediocre child. So, <laughs> so yes. So there's this... Com- Goofy has to, like, hold this conversation about whether or not Santa Claus is real. At the same time, he is cooking, like, a Christmas dinner. And your first yes. thought is, it's Christmas Eve. Why are you cooking Christmas dinner? And the answer is... He's going to the neighbor's house. Just so on Goofy's right is Pete in his epic McMansion. Uh Uh-huh. And on Goofy's left is the most miserable gray little shack that you've ever seen. So this was distracting to me for a little while because I first thought they were going to like a soup kitchen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. But they're actually going to the neighbor's house to, like, have Christmas Eve dinner with them. And so in my mind, over the course of the short, I played in my head what had to have happened to have reached this point. Because these people live in the suburbs. They live in, it's, it is a miserable gray house, but it's kind of big on the inside. So it's not like a dinky nothing house. So I assume that in, like, fucking October... These people lost their jobs. <laughs> and Goofy was like, don't even worry about it. I'm going to come over. I'll put on a Santa beard. They say to him, thank you for doing this. We weren't sure we were going to be able to make a Christmas for the kids this year. Which tells me that this is this was like a long term anxiety, right? Like it's pretty intense, and it makes me feel like that Goofy. This is the moment where I was like, "Oh, Goofy is the nicest guy." This was why I was the, like, "Oh, Goofy's the only one qualified to actually have kids." <laughs> and, like, and he he's doing all of this stuff for the neighbors, and Max is he is so torn up about what Pete told him. Uh huh. And there's a moment where one of these little poor little kids, this little poor kid. Walks up to Max and is like, hey, do you want to play toy cars with me? I have two uh-huh. that I got from Santa. And Max immediately throws up his conspiracy board and is like, you know, kid, I just, I'm not sure that there is and, a Santa. And, and Goofy's like, Max, time to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I, one of my favorite things in kids shows is when you have like a slightly older kid coming in, like dragging from a cigarette, like... <laughs> I fucking know what the world's like out there, man. And it's like, you're five. (laughs) You don't know anything. Max has big Angelica energy. Oh, man. What good shit. So Santa comes down the chimney after Christmas dinner. This is this is real dangerous territory that Goofy was was treading here. Poor Goofy. He had to have been playing this for like a few days or a week or something like he he was like, okay, so I'm going to make the dinner. And I'm gonna come in as Santa Claus, give all the gifts, all the kids will be like, yay. And then, fucking today, Pete was like, Santa's not real. And like, my guy, if we could not have a crisis for 30 seconds, <laughs> I'm trying to get these kids through Christmas. 
oh man, Pete is definitely the kind of dad who's like, like my heart, my hard work got you that present. It's like, yeah. dude, no, calm, yeah, calm down, calm down, uh, dude. Big stepdad energy from Pete. <laughs> no shade on, I guess, on like on actual stepdads. <laughs> I'm sure there are who I haven't. Many of whom are probably better than Pete. Probably at least half of them, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the stepdad census is. Got a real <laughs> coin flip of a stepdad situation. So yeah, if yeah, any yeah. kids listening, keep an eye out for that. Woof. So, Max, the, the the Christmas disguise is pulled off by a baby, which, again, you gotta, you gotta prepare for that kind of thing. You gotta have a beard under the beard. His beard's connected to his hat. The, the baby pulls off his hat and his beard comes off. And then Max freaks out. And it's like, this is why I really liked Max in this one. Because this is, he's being unreasonable in a way that a kid is. Yeah. Because if he was a little older, he would be like, I need to freak out about this later. Because these ki- this is for these kids. But no, he's still like young enough to be completely selfish about this. But, like, reasonably, not in the way the fucking nephews are who just suck. He's not doing, like, a tactical nuclear missile strike on, on this family for no reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's full. My dad is Pepe Silvia fucking, like, freaking out <laughs> about this. And this is where Goofy drops possibly the biggest bomb that this short could throw at me at this point. Mm-hmm. Which is, no, Max, Santa is real. And we're going to prove it tonight. So, 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 so. I'm convinced watching this that Goofy has bipolar disorder. <laughs> I mean, cause, because at first I was like, is Goofy on fucking coke? <laughs> he's t- <laughs> but no, he's... Max is freaking out, and so he... Right into a manic episode, like immediately, just off the wall. And I don't, I don't mean this in any negative way. This is like how his brain is reacting to this. Is how I'm seeing it. Like he brings down old bear, old stuffed bear. That's its l- Christian name. Which to me sounds like old stuffed bear had been handed down to Max at some point because. Max gave it the name Old Stuff Bear as a ch- as a baby child. <laughs> so, but but it's supposed to be from Santa. So they go up on the roof. Max is so fucking done with this. He's like, you're just going to fall off the roof. <laughs> There's an amazing moment uh-huh. where after after the goofy reveal happens, uh-huh. Max is in his room and he gazes forlornly at a poster of snowboarding. And my genuine read on that was like, damn, maybe snowboarding isn't real either, dude. You're right. You're right. What is real in the world? So, but the, the thing is, Max spends a long time not sleeping and like, okay, he's stressed because of the Santa thing. But at the same time, Goofy is on the roof with a searchlight and a telescope. And then he's on the lawn digging don't forget Max into the snow, like in huge letters so you could read them from a sleigh. And it's like four in the morning. Genuine, like heartwarming parent shit, right? Like Goofy isn't doing this to be to be right. He isn't doing this to like to prove anybody wrong. He's doing this because he wants his son to get that magic back. The magic of Christmas. Well, I, I, I also had this weird read on it, which is like, 
it felt like he wanted somebody else to care about Max as much as he did. Like, yeah, every every year he asks for Max's happiness in the to give away the end in in the letter to Santa. And, like, the idea that Santa wasn't going to bring Max happiness was, like, tearing him apart. And so, yeah, he's, like, out there digging messages in the snow. He's got searchlights pointing everywhere. Max is eventually like, Dad, you gotta go to bed. You gotta go to bed. This is where we get the funniest, the funniest punchline. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fully insane. I thought, I thought... And I think rightly, I thought it was going to be Pete dressed as Santa so that same so that he could like For his son. <laughs> For his son. And his daughter, I think I have watched one episode of Goof Troop. I, I, I don't know. And <laughs> this this is so good. The, they see the silhouette climbing out of the chimney and they're like, oh my God, there he is. It's Santa. And then five million helicopters and spotlights shine on this on this man. And it turns out it's a robber robbing Pete's house. <laughs> and the police are there. <laughs> There's a huge sting operation. Yeah. This it's fucking great. And then if and then it's like smash cut. Goofy, and this is why I decided he was manic depressive and not just on Coke, has hit the depressive episode <laughs> of the evening. This is one of those things that I think is like fun in like movies. I do not think that this is fun in real life. No, this would it would be miserable, but like <laughs> But seeing Max have to go into dad mode to console his dad. It's kind of fun because because I don't know if you've ever had this situation. Yeah. But sometimes when someone is in a crisis, right, and there are two people in a crisis, one of the people kind of has to act like there isn't a crisis so that the other one can freak out. The, the other one has to has to not freak out so the other one can. And it's it's fun to have this energy, yeah, from Max and Goofy, where like, okay, one of them could be having a bad time at a time because the other one needs to be keeping it the fuck together. I, I just think it really works for both of them. Uh-huh. Because yeah, they're they're both I don't know, there's like a sense that they are both like codependent on each other. I mean, mm-hmm. the extremely goofy movie gets into this in a way that's a little bit I mean, look, he joined that college and then actually stayed out of Max's way most of the time. That is true. He lived his own life. He was ready. He was ready to grow up. But yeah, I the fact that both of them are so like, they both need each other and they both need mm-hmm. each other as like a support structure is fun and cute, in, in especially in this short and especially in this moment because Max goes all out. We get tiny Santa. Right, right. Because Max dresses as Santa, slides down the chimney, which is an effort he did not need to put in. And for a bit, Goofy's buying it. <laughs> He's like, "Why? Are, I thought I was thought you'd be you'd be taller. Hustle, you're more trim than I." Like it's great. And then he's like, "Oh, I gotta introduce you to Maxie." And Max sprints up the chimney. He's like, "Oh no, sorry, too busy." But you know, y- you got what you needed. And then um, 
Max almost falls off the roof and Goofy catches him and oh no, the disguise is gone and Max has learned the lesson, right? Like I was just like, I was trying to do for you what you were trying to do for me, which is to keep the magic of Christmas alive. Well, and there's a there's a message here that is a little bit undercut. Yes. There is a real version of Santa and it is fucking making food for your neighbors who who aren't going to be able to do Christmas this year. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, it's like, it's making sure that this kid like has the best time he can when, you know, Christmas isn't easy, right? It's, it's often very hard. It would be nice if it were somebody else's job to do all the things, you know, yeah. it'd be nice if Santa could come by and just do everything. But that doesn't happen, so sometimes it's going to fall to you. And that is a great message that this movie has, and then undercuts. And then undercuts because fucking real-ass Santa shows up at the end, (laughs) and is real. And just chucks a snowboard at Max. And then chucks snow at Pete. Doesn't even stop. And we get a little bit, we get a little bit of hum- a humanity out of Pete here when he's like, oh my God, Santa's actually real. And I'm not a big fan of the Santa Claus movies. You think Pete should have killed Santa and had to become him? No, 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 no. I don't you know if think you remember Pete this. should have had to become Santa and then he and his son go to the North Pole and meet all the elves. <laughs> No, 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 And then over the course of a year, he gets fatter and grows a big bushy beard. And then he has to be Santa again. And the elves have to do a sting operation, I think. I do not remember the movie very well. I used to watch it a lot as a kid. (laughs) Same. I also don't remember the movie very well. But I do remember this, which is that Tim Allen is divorced. Uh Uh-huh. And his ex-wife's new husband is a lawyer who never had a happy Christmas. (laughs) And you find out that it's because when he was a kid, he asked Santa for a very specific toy that he never got. And after that, he was like, Christmas isn't real and I'm dead inside and I'm going to become a corporate lawyer. (laughs) Which is a very uh, harsh turn to make at the age of like six, but I get it. Well, you know, you know, corporate lawyers in, in movies are just dead inside and they have to have a reason for it. And so my read from that is that that's Pete's backstory. Pete just (laughs) never got that yo-yo that he always wanted for Christmas. And after that, he's like, Santa's not real. Christmas is fake. Kids are dumb. I mean, kids are dumb, to be fair. I I hate Goofy so fucking much. This guy (laughs) believes in Santa. But also, he's my best friend. (laughs) It's fucking complicated. (laughs) It's complicated. Max goes to share his snowboard with the kid next door, which shows that he like he has learned his lesson, right? Because yeah. the big lesson of this Christmas movie, Christmas short, that it does so much better than the other one, is basically it's not all about you. That's just it. It's like it's not all about you. <laughs> and then we get to do Gift to the Magi, and Minnie doesn't even have hair, so immediately I was like, how's this gonna work? I, I do like how they solve this. Do you know my favorite thing, actually, about this last short that I didn't... I realized it at the very end. I was like, this is why we never see Mickey with a harmonica or Minnie with a watch. Yeah. (laughs) They're gone now. They're gone now. That's the backstory of how Mickey does not have a harmonica. 
That's why he's got a whistle all the time. There are a lot of zigs and zags in this short. There's a lot of stuff in this short that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a, a classic case of the sum being worse than the parts. This short, I would say there are two problems with the short. One, if you read Gift of the Magi, the original one, like, oh, Henry, Gift of the Magi, mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. solid little story. Yeah, okay? it's a cute little thing. But I don't think I have ever seen an adaptation of it that I wasn't like, okay, it's Gift of the Magi, whatever. Like, I find Gift of the Magi such an uninteresting premise. It's worse than Christmas Carol, which is also always bad. But by that, I mean, when people adapt straight Christmas Carol, that's usually fine. The ones where they're like, ah, we're gonna have... Scrooge McDuck learn a lesson this Christmas. It's like, no, thank you. <laughs> that's, that's, and this is, this is to me the issue with a trying to adapt Gift of the Magi or Christmas Carol, which is that <clears throat> everybody, everybody thinks that they are smarter than the story. And we're just gonna, we're gonna spice it up a little bit. We're gonna put, we're gonna put more into it. We're gonna give, we're gonna see, you know, a bunch of shit that's not actually in on either of these stories to really give it context, to elevate it, to make it a prestige <laughs> uh, story. And it's like, these stories are super simple. They don't need to be more complicated. You are not smarter than, these stories have been around for so long precisely because nobody really is smarter than them. Like they, they tap into something that's very real and that's all they need. And also the Muppets did it best. So why are you even trying? <laughs> yeah. Imagine it's, it's all you need, but also it has Sam the Eagle in it. You can't, you can't do that. <laughs> and it turns out that that is how you elevate any of these <laughs> classic Christmas. T- do, if I got to watch Edgar Allan Poe's Murder on the Rue Morgue and Sam the Eagle was in it, I'd be like, fuck Yes. This is a bit of a pivot, but this is what they should be doing with Muppets. The Muppets? I, I always see people talk about how, like, oh, uh, people claim they like the Muppets, but then they don't watch the, like, Muppet The Office show and it gets canceled. And it's like, yeah, because it was Muppet The Office. I don't want Muppet The Who Office. Who gives a shit? No one cares. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I want? <laughs> Muppet Les Mis. That's what I yeah, got next Oh to my me. god, are you That'd kidding me? Muppet the Odyssey? I could do Muppet the Odyssey. That Dude. would be solid. Oh man. There are so many like classic open source. <laughs> I am genuinely shocked that we have not gotten like a Muppet Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that is weird. There's probably been like something like that on like Sesame Street, right? Like a short or something, but like Surely they, I mean, you could knock out a, you could knock out a study in Scarlet. It would be like 20 minutes to, for you to right? like write up oh. a whole script. Like Kermit as a, as Sherlock and a human man as Watson. Oh, good, good, good. I was, I was wondering where you were going to put your one human man. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we were making this today, this is such a hard thing to choose. Do you think Gonzo is Lestrade? No, Sam the Eagle, obviously. Excuse Sam the me, Eagle I can't is believe Lestrade. I did that. Uh, Gonzo is what's that fucking kid's name? Wiggins. Yeah, something. Wiggins. The, Wiggins. The urchins. Wiggins. He he like le- yeah. leads the urchins, and then all the rats are the other urchins. Oh, and then you get the two the two rats as well. Like, oh, where are they all going? Oh my god, this is such a genius. Disney, what are you doing? <laughs> Who would be your pick for Watson? This is the hardest thing to do. You have to pick a great human man. It's so hard to to find a good, solid human man. Sam Richardson? 
Oh, okay. He's he, he is the okay. protagonist in Werewolves Within. He would be really good as like a slightly comedic straight man among all the Muppets. And you would still buy him like helping to solve this mystery, I feel like. That's that's my poll. I could see a lot of other people in this role, but I think he'd be good. No, 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 you're right. You're right. That is a solid choice. God damn. But that and that's and that's the thing, right? Is is like what you want out of a gift of the Magi adaptation is just give me the story. And right off the bat, like you said, Minnie doesn't have hair, so we're already <laughs> starting on the back foot. <laughs> They they put a lot of English on this story too. Before we get into it, yeah, because I was I was watching this with May, who also hadn't seen it, and she pauses it and says to me, "Mickey is at like perfect asshole staring height for his dog, who always <laughs> has his tail up in the air, <laughs> and Mickey's always walking behind him, behind him, <laughs> and I." <laughs> I had we I just I could not go back to the movie for a couple of minutes. This was a discussion, but I used to walk yeah. dogs for a living. She's right. It's he's so small. So Mickey and Minnie live together, which is a or breath of they? fresh air. No, they do. Okay, good. It's then why is she hiding all those bills from him? She just doesn't want him to worry. Okay, so here's here's the thing. First thing. It's fucking Christmas Eve and Mickey is dragging a Christmas tree into the house. And it's like, Mickey, get your fucking shit together. This should have been up at the beginning of December, you piece you of shit. You work at a Christmas tree place. What are you doing? <laughs> you could have brought this say, on first day. And that's the thing is, is like in the auspice of this story, mm-hmm. Mickey and Minnie live together and they're poor. Living in a gorgeous little like Sears home, though they're the kind of poor where you have you bought your house before you got poor, so they're fine. It's so weird to see the homage to '40s Americana juxtaposed with like '90s ideas of what paycheck to paycheck poverty is. By the way, it is, yeah, yeah, because Jamie was like, "I can't buy Mickey is poor," and I was like, uh, "In the older shorts, like in '30s and '40s stuff, he was often poor. Like that was the driving force behind the story." Was like Mickey needs some cash. Part of the problem is, is like Disney is such a big company, Mm -hmm. and Mickey is the face of that company. And I think in people's minds, you're like, well, my guy's got to be rich. You buy him more when he is the king of a world and wields a magical key than you buy him when he has like patches on his jacket. Yeah. Like one of those is a lot easier to buy into. <laughs> well, and that's, and I was thinking about this. It's like, why? Because Bugs Bunny is the face of Warner Brothers, right? I don't think Bugs Bunny is rich. And maybe that's because, you know, when I see Bugs Bunny on the Warner Brothers logo, I'm like, oh, this is a side gig for him. This is how he makes his living wage. Mm. It might be a Disneyland thing. It might be Disneyland opens, Mickey is everywhere. It's. He is the MC. Yeah. Warner Brothers. I guess they're at Universal Studios. If you go to like a, if you want to see Warner Brothers stuff, you go to Universal Studios. I actually don't think there's a lot of Looney Tunes there. Like, Looney Tunes is not like the face of their park. And that might be what makes Mickey Mouse feel really rich compared to Bugs Bunny, Mm -hmm. who you could see is poor, living in a rabbit warren. Yeah. And then literally killed by uh, Shaq, I think. Sorry, excuse me. LeBron James <laughs> murders Bugs Bunny. Yes, no, no. Bugs Bunny sacrifices himself 
He goes through the door behind the door and does a forbidden basketball move that kills him instantly. I have not seen this movie, but I do know that Bugs Bunny dies. Okay. Do you know who's working really hard in this short? God damn it if Minnie isn't working so hard. Minnie's working hard, but there is somebody working just as harder, harder. It is Figaro. A character who I had fully forgotten about, and I don't think I have ever seen outside of a 40s short. (laughs) Figaro is, I guess, Minnie's cat? I remember a short between, like, her, him, her, I don't know, and Pluto, where the the whole thing's like, oh, Pluto's mad at this new cat. There's this great moment where this cat shoots across the room and dives on a bill so that nobody, so that Mickey doesn't know they're poor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta look out. I mean, that, and that's the thing is, is it's nice that Minnie has her own little assistant. It's great. It makes you, I kind of wish that that was a bigger thing. Because, like, yeah, when when he's wandering around, you can always just plop Pluto with Mickey and he'll have somebody to talk to. It's it's also a big problem with this short, which is that we don't get to see Minnie's struggle. We get to see like a little bit of it, but we don't get to see her solve the problem. Just a smidge. Yeah. To be fair, I think that's true in Gift of the Magi. I think you only see it from one person's perspective so that the twist is a twist, which is the biggest problem of Gift of the Magi. Everybody knows the twist. Yeah, it's it's like it's like watching The Sixth Sense, but you already know the end. You know the twist. So you can't sell it on the twist. Yeah. Mickey Mickey works for Pete selling uh-huh. Christmas trees and this oh man, if this poor this poor fucking poor family so <laughs> come in I to buy a tree. I feel nothing for this family. They What? No, no, no. It's the fucking 24th of December, Andy. I feel nothing. They should have done this way earlier. And when Pete starts trying to rip them off, they don't leave. <laughs> they they couldn't afford the tree before today. Fine. They couldn't afford the tree before today. My, they should my go man to a place that sells like a cheap trees. <laughs> He's got like five this bucks on This is the yeah. place that sells the cheap trees. <laughs> okay. You, okay. I'm sorry. I have had basically no money before. Same. I have basically no money right now, actually. Uh, Same. <laughs> you don't go to the place that advertises easy financing. I mean, maybe you do, but you have to you have to have checked the place that'll give you something for a dollar first. You, 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 you got to remember that we are that this movie came out in 1999. Yeah, I guess maybe that's the issue. Like big lots. This is pre 2007. <laughs> like the 08 crash had not happened yet. Like 2001 is like two years away, right? Like we both our formative memories growing up is of a massive financial <laughs> worldwide crisis. Like this is before that. Like there was they don't have the feel to be fair we do. to be fair there was a point where i realized i never wanted to buy anything on credit <laughs> yeah okay 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 that's fair okay and oh man this guy doesn't want to buy these trees but his kids are like are inhaling pete's smoke and going 
Are we not gonna have Christmas, Dad? And it's like, fuck me. Pete wants to summon a ten foot tree. Get another fucking mark, Pete. These are ten foot trees. These should have been moved already. You can't sell this to just somebody who walks in. Pete's disgusting overt display of capitalism should be punished implicitly. I got, but I gotta say, it felt good. <laughs> what? What? Because uh, you're not gonna believe what happens next, listener. <laughs> So <laughs> Mickey comes out with a tiny tree and is like, no, you guys come and buy this one. Yeah, like, he's like, oh, Pete this one was off. in the back. And Pete gives them like murder eyes and they buy this like dollar fifty tree or whatever. This fucking Charlie Brown ass Christmas tree. It's cute. It's fine. I like it. I like tiny Christmas trees. I'm not a fan. I got a tiny Christmas tree right now. I'm a fan of the small Christmas tree. They get this Christmas tree. They head out. Pete's so mad at Mickey that he says he's going to take that out of his pay. Mickey just takes it. And he doesn't even take it out of his pay. He literally just takes the money out of Mickey's bag, which was all of it was a tip. Like, <laughs> insane. And and Mickey just fucking takes it somehow. Like, not only should those other people have left to find another place, Mickey should have left at this point. But then oh, Pete for sure. does stuff that huge wad of bills and his cigar, his lit cigar, in his back pocket. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Pete's an idiot. He's just, just yeah, he forgot. And just his entire used car lot and Christmas tree lot just go up in flames. And I gotta say... The the response time of the firefighters in this town. Real good. They were on it. And they were they had to have been there for a while too. Uh I think we cut over to Minnie real quick. Minnie's working real hard so she could get the Christmas bonus, which is apparently given to you on Christmas fucking Eve. I cannot stress enough how much Christmas Eve is not the time to do all these things these people are doing. I swear, like, these things need to be happening weeks in advance. But also, apparently only one person in the entire company gets the Christmas, the Christmas bonus. The Christmas bonus. And the Christmas bonus turns out to be a fruitcake that I guess the joke is that it's completely inedible because Mortimer, who she works for, bad use of Mortimer. I expect him to be way more of a creep. <laughs> I always love seeing Mortimer. I feel like Mortimer is like underused as a as a villain in a lot of these. I did expect him to like also ask for like a kiss or something because that's his deal. I expect right. him to be a little more freakish and nasty. But I love seeing Mortimer, I just in general. Again, I just I feel like we always have Pete around. It's just that he, he's not that evil. He's just uncaring. He's just he's just a disgusting human. <laughs> well, he's a rat. Oh, sorry, a rat. He's a disgusting rat. So he he gives her this fruit cake. It f- fucking drops through the floor, and she has to like lug it out of there. And I guess it wasn't clear to everybody that the quote unquote Christmas bonus. Was, was a fruitcake fruit cake and not a Christmas bonus. So whatever. Yeah. Then we cut back to Mickey. He is sadly playing his harmonica. He and <laughs> so then he gets kidnapped by the fire chief <laughs> because well, so the because the fire the fire department was supposed to put on this big toy drive on the twenty fourth. Go on. <laughs> yeah, again, a thing that should have been happening a week earlier. Or two, maybe. Like, they have to get these toys out. 
And there are all these people. There are all these fucking people standing around with wrapped gifts ready to donate. They're ready to hand these toys to the poor kids, but they can't because the firehouse band is not there because they're putting out a fire right now over at Pete's car lot. And also, we never see Pete again, so it's possible that he's he's dead. dead. Go on. (laughs) At the very least, hospitalized. This is the funniest fucking thing (laughs) in this entire short. This is so good. But also, <laughs> what these the motherfuckers are really just standing around with wrapped gifts and and like, well, um, if the band's not going to show up, I'm just not going to donate. All right, obviously, like, what am I, an idiot? <laughs> like, I could I could just give this to my own kids. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> they the want fuck? their old Legos. So I want to mention this because I think this is the time this short, and I think this is my biggest issue because you mentioned something similar. It keeps trying to not be Gift of the Magi. It's like every time it's going to be Gift of the Magi, it's like, well, that's my second. What if Mickey does a benefit concert for some orphans? <laughs> like, excuse me, what's happening? I At this point, I thought that, like, somebody was going to be like, hey, thanks for doing this for us. Here's a necklace. Good God. I... If Mickey was like, oh, I can't do this. I have to get a gift for my girl. And it's like, Mickey, ask them to get you the gift. Like, <laughs> like I know that this is for a charitable thing, but he's basically working for exposure. And like, I'm sure these fire people have money. Just fucking ask. Tell them you're good for it. You're not, but whatever. Ask them whatever. to go to the store and get this necklace. Because that's what a human would do in this situation. But, nope. So, we had a big old musical number. And, ha- like, halfway through, the Firehouse Band does show up. And they are still smoking. Which is great. Uh, which is great. Good touch. No reason for Mickey to still be here, but whatever. He's having fun. But Mickey's got to finish the concert. Oh, man, he's got two minutes to get to the store and we get a little bit of a chase scene that we don't need. And he gets to the store just as the old dog. I feel like this is a this is a like one of those background Disney characters that shows up whenever they need like an old man. Uh I feel like I've seen this guy a lot. He's locking up the store and Mickey's like, oh, you can't lock up the store. I got to get a gift for my girl. I was going to trade him my harmonica. And... (laughs) This is the most, like, I, this is where I was like, okay, so we're just not doing Gift of the Magi. Right, right. it really felt like they didn't want to do Gift of the Magi. <laughs> where he, he looks this at the harmonica <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry, son, this isn't worth anything. <laughs> and so, and so the weird, the weird thing about Gift of the Magi is, because then he starts playing a sad song and the guy's like, oh. And he goes and he takes the harmonica and he gives him the necklace. And it's like, so the weird subtext of the gift of the Magi is this wasn't even a fair trade. <laughs> the and here's and here's the thing. If you're gonna treat this as a charity case at this point, you old fuck, <laughs> just give him the necklace for free. <laughs> like, why are you taking the harmonica for? Just give him the necklace for free. Oh, the spirit of Christmas really moved me. Your song was so beautiful, and I remember, I remember when I had a girl way back in the day, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I wanted to get her a gift. Also, give me your jacket. 
Also, yeah. <laughs> also, give me that hat, actually. That's a really stylish hat that you've got. You know, I'm a dog, and your dog has a collar. I'll take that, actually. <laughs> That's probably worth more than your fucking stupid-ass harmonica. <laughs> I did make the joke when he couldn't sell the harmonica. I was like, oh no, he's gonna sell Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> So we finally did it. After all this time, we finally Gift of the Magi'd. And then because it's Gift of the Magi, I'm sorry, Minnie had a a watch. Did did we mention the watch? I don't even know. Yeah, Minnie had the, yeah, we got, in a a fun twist, Minnie has a watch (laughs) and Mickey has a uh, harmonica. harmonica. That's nice, it's nice. She's getting him the uh, harmonica case, he gets her the chain for the watch. So they... Do Gift of the Magi, and then it just ends, because that's where Gift of the Magi ends, and it felt pretty anticlimactic, and the only thing I enjoyed about it was I was like, aha, that's why Minnie doesn't have a watch, and why Mickey doesn't have a harmonica. Now you know the rest of the story. I, I just... It, this is a fun short. It really is. It's. I think it's my favorite just because it 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 has the highest highs, but it just doesn't come together at all to make like a coherent story. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely like not as good of a story as a very goofy Christmas, but that one moved me. Yeah, it's it's emotional. Yeah. It does something to you. But this one, it it's got some good bits. And then this movie steadfastly refuses to end. <laughs> And we get like a fucking five minute ass fucking ending where Kelsey Grammer gets to tell me that this is about love and that's what Christmas is about. Thanks for buying this movie. And we find out that this house that we've been hanging out in for this entire fucking anthology, you got to choose your framing devices very, very carefully. Here's the thing about anthology films that I fucking hate is that for the purposes of this story, what I have been doing for 66 minutes is sitting in this fucking empty house while Kelsey Grammer's disembodied voice is telling me these stories. That is boring as fuck. Just don't do it. But the the <laughs> worst part is, is we abscond from this house like little Christmas ghosts and we find out that this is Mickey and Minnie's house? Maybe? Maybe. They, don't, they sure don't go into it. Yeah, they don't go inside, so maybe it is our house, or it's Kelsey Grammer's house, and they're just going there to carol in Victorian dress? I don't know. I'll say Max and Goofy look real stylish in their Victorian dress. Uh, I think they the pull worst, it off Donald best. looks the worst. He he. Donald looks the worst. He just is not trying. Yeah. Put some fucking pants on, dude. <laughs> If this is if there was any time that you were gonna do it, it's it's it in is the, Donald's the Charles Dickens ass. God given right to not wear pants. He is a duck. We don't call it Donald ducking for nothing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, that's the end of the podcast. Hard cut there. <laughs> I I do want to take a little bit of it aside. I know you don't stick around for the end credits of these. Oh my god. I do, so the cr- are you gonna say the thing I think you're gonna say? <laughs> the end credits Christmas song sucks so bad. It sounds like if you <laughs> if you were releasing a horror movie about Christmas, it would play this song. It's like song all slow and creepy. I'm sick of Disney movies apparently forgetting how tone works when they're doing their music. I I genuinely don't understand who's making these choices. Who decides 
that you know oh you know what we need for the just get get the you know closest related country adjacent disney former disney channel actor singer and just get them to do a quick depressing unimaginative cover and that's it we're done um i don't even know who sang this fucking song who knows so i thought it was fine the first short took a lot out of me that one's bad i hate bad you know what these were what's that these were these are things that like during Christmas I would expect to come on like during a commercial break on Disney Channel. That's what yeah, yeah. You sh- but that's the thing I kept expecting them to be a little shorter. Yeah, it felt like each of them at some point like just went on a bit longer than they were supposed to. We're talking twenty two minutes of short, right? Yeah, and it's like okay, but that's is that a short? Are we? That's that's like an ep- episode of TV at that point, like. I want a short. Mm-hmm. I want like 10 minutes. At least two of these could have been 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And you could have you could have trimmed down a lot from one of them. I, I think only the goofy one really fleshed out its uh its runtime. Like really filled it to the brim. I feel like it really used it. I mean, maybe you could have cut the first bit off and had that be its own short. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do my classic director bit for this, mostly because this is a 66 minute movie and we've already been talking about it for way too long. It's I'm going to blame Andy. That sounds right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, June Falkenstein, who is the director of A Very Goofy Christmas Short. And she raised that bird from the dead, right? (laughs) What? June Falkenstein. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Gosh. I I was gonna give a quick shout out because she was also the director of uh, of the Tigger movie, which is a similarly surprisingly dark emotional journey. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Direct to Video VHS VHS. I have been your host, Tony Robusto. I have been your co-host, uh, Andres Reyes. Have we stopped introducing ourselves at the top of the episode? <laughs> I think so. And I'm, I'm okay with that, <laughs> right? Y- y'all don't need to know who we are. Our names are in the description. We're we're just two guys being dudes. <laughs> two guys being dudes. All right. I do not like that description of this podcast, but okay. <laughs> Leave a review for us on, on iTunes where you talk about how we're two guys just being dudes. I think of all of the podcasts that are just guys being dudes, we're the best at it. Bold. You know what? Seconded. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. true, but I'll say it. <laughs> you can find me at inspiredbytruevents.org and on Twitter at theaterbats. And you can find me at my other podcast, Time Honored Pictures, which is still on a bit of a hiatus, but uh, we're, we're coming back with the vengeance. Probably can't do a lot of Christmas episodes for Time Honored Pictures. Doesn't really match the theme. And as far as I can tell, I don't think a single fucking Christmas movie has ever won an Oscar. <laughs> Thank God. Gosh, I wonder why that is. You know, so yeah, you can find us over there. You can also find me on Twitter at Realty underscore Balance, although for how long, who's to say? We'll see. We'll see, you know, but you can also find me on I'm on co-host now. Mm-hmm. I do not remember my username because I fucked up and did not get my my classic username. Okay, just go on to co-host and figure out just, yeah. what co-host is and how it works. And just go to go to co go to cohost.org and you know, figure it out. I'll be there. Thank you to Lee Rosevere for 
let's say ukulele for Christmas. <laughs> and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. If we get it, if, if yeah. we get this released on time, it should still be Hanukkah, right? So it's, it's going, right in the middle of it. It's going to be released on time. It's going to be. <laughs> I I have to put my foot in the ground about this. That's not how that saying goes. I don't mean to sound like I doubt you. It's it's a busy time of year. <laughs> I I doubt myself, but I I uh we'll we'll see. It'll be out. It'll be out at least before the end of the month. Okay, what are we gonna do next time? Next year, 2023. Next year. We gotta start the year off strong. Uh-oh. It's a new season of of direct-to-video next year. Okay. Is it? Okay. At this point, I, I what maybe so, I don't know. Every year is a new season, except for some of them. Except for the first three, I think. <laughs> but, but now we're on season say. four, maybe-ish. It's maybe. It's been about a year. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. I think we gotta I think we gotta finish we gotta finish what we started. Oh no. Before before it's before they make another one. Oh no. We gotta go back. Uh, we gotta go back to Swan Lake. Uh, what's this fucking movie called? <laughs> Swan Princess Kingdom of Music. No! Are we are we doing the China one? This is this is the one that is no that is set in a China adjacent. Oh man! Oh, oh, oh man! In fact, I'm pretty sure the next two that we're watching are themed in this oh, weird. And I think they might. I think they might have aged up Elise for this too. Oh, I don't know, dude. Oh, I do not know. Okay. Woof. This is this this one's gonna be a journey. This one's gonna be bad, but you gotta start the new year off right. It's like we're at the top of a roller coaster, and I look down, and there's no tracks on the other side. There's just the forbidden arts. <laughs> I just hope we cut out the eight minutes we spent trying to find the forbidden arts. I, I'm gonna make a call on it when I get there. We'll find out. We'll see. We'll see. I am the ghost of John Smith.